Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season three, episode nine, titled Coming Home. Uh, Aaron, this is the one where I guess you just win the internet this week. Uh, and I don't fucking know how because it's the craziest turn of fate I've ever seen. But Did, did I? Because I don't remember being a big proponent of the I thought you were like Korea not. <laughs> I thought you were all about it with like the single was I single man uh, kamikaze I think, mission I think I, to Mars. I think I read an email intimating that, okay. and I guess I was the avatar of that, and we we all collectively willed it into uh, reality. <laughs> this is insane because right? when we got no, when we got to the end, my son and I were watching this. When we got to the end. It was I. It delighted my son. My son thought this was the most awesome twist ever. <laughs> I'm a little uh-huh. older. I'm a little bit more measured. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God, did this show just jump the shark? Yes. Uh, I don't think this is it's it's too premature. Like even even uh-huh. when you're watching Fonzie hit the ramp and jump over those sharks, it was too yep. quick in that moment to judge whether Happy Days had jumped a shark. Right. It's only you in retrospect. But if Fault for All Mankind is jumping the shark, this this would be an exhibit, I think, because uh-huh. and I, I and this is my first blush. You know, obviously, we're watching this before everybody else gets a chance to see it. It could be that Ron Moore has crunched the numbers and he's calculated how many high C packets you can cram in there and how many how much dehydrated uh, meals and et cetera, et cetera, water. And you could do something like this. But this is fucking nuts. This is fucking yeah. nuts that they sent a guy in a one man, an, an unmanned probe. They send one guy, and he's been living on Mars for sp- six, six to eight months. Uh huh. Somewhere in there. And and what's the purpose of it? Like, I I know the purpose is to hit Mars before anybody else does and claim that glory. But they never but claimed. They the don't glory. claim the glory. Yeah, it's the crazy yeah. part. Like they never told the news. Hey, by the way, we've already got a guy on Mars. And he's up there with a gun right now. It's very unlike the ill family to not to not claim credit for doing something legitimately uh, awesome and audacious. No, I I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I thought up until the boot marks. That, oh, the North Korean thing is going to pay off because they're going to do a Mark Watney yes. and they're going to drive across and grab this critical Soviet era part. And they're going to like, that's going to be something cool that they cobble together. And like, of course they set that up earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. No, I, and like I said, th- th- there's, there's a lot of nutso things happening in this episode. Relatively speaking, the a sitting president of the United States came out yeah. as secretly gay with her, wow no longer secretly gay husband that they, mm-hmm. there's been a full on top down uh, the, the takeover uh I, which and 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 dealing with the political fallout of that's going to be interesting i the, there's the tons and tons the pregnancy wild. stuff which i felt i i felt like last scene the last episode or last scene of last episode was a little bullshit because they set up this dramatic conflict about yeah. like in soviet russia pregnancy has you and no no nah, the soviets are all cool with it they're like you know skeptical that this is smart like a lot of people are and there's a lot of challenges but there's no like international relations incident um no, i felt like a, a bullshit cliffhanger cliffhanger yep um, yes yes yeah, and this episode is weird because it's 47 minutes long, so it's a lot shorter than 
most of the episodes this season and way shorter than the next one. So it feels like, you know, this was a, it was cut for pay episode. Yeah. And and trying to get everything where they needed to be. And they just needed to take some big leaps. Um, Uh huh. Which happens. (laughs) We, we, we talked about that other shows like, cause I, I kept on thinking there was a couple things like this week, uh, last week's episode, I should say, of Westworld and this week's episode for all mankind got me thinking of like whenever we we we've taken a stab at writing some fiction things. Uh-huh. And whenever we get to a part where it's like, ah, oh, fuck, this doesn't make sense. We just kind of stop like, well, this is an irreducible problem. I feel I feel like a lot of great Hollywood projects just rough ride over those moments mm-hmm. because they know everything else is solid and people will go along with it. If you get if you nail everything else and you have to ask them to make maybe one big leap. So, like, again, this is not fatal. It's just sure. It is a big leap. It is a it is, it is it's huge. It, yeah, one giant leap for all mankind fans to take. <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Uh, the Danny stuff is still in play, which it, it, you know it had to be right. Um, but it's been festering for five months, and that stuff's going to be interesting now that the official report. I, I will come take back. a little credit for that. That like, uh, I, I, I'm glad that it wasn't Ed or Danny's idea, but him, you know, Nick taking the fall for this operation and it having pretty predictable effects on Danny. I, I thought that was a pretty good, pretty yeah, good they, payoff. They left that in a, a nowhere zone too, for five months. Like, you know, the Danny right before they were saved in this earthquake, uh, you know, unburied them, was saying to Ed, Ed, I have something important I have to tell you. There's one big confession I need to make. And Ed never follows up on that. Never. And I don't know if that's because he was in like some days well, of like blood loss and barely understood who, where or it's who an, he and was. hypoxic. It, that's entirely yeah. possible. But I also think they just it's don't even very address po- it. Right. It's just like a fall. Another false cliffhanger. I'm going to wait until next seat next episode because it's because uh, my thought was Ed thinks that what he's about to do is confess to it being his fault the entire like I was super fucking high and I let my hand off the ball and like Ed in kind of like Ed's psychology mode is like oh no you know like yeah it's tough though that, doesn't want him to acknowledge that here. or the, the, the big problem is they skip five months and so all of these things that were big cliffhangers in the last episode and important are just kind of backburnered for five months and, and I do feel like to see any of the resolutions to those I feel like this show has done very well on their jump forwards because it's not like this is the first time the show has jumped forward, even in in seasons. But yeah, they're like they've had to jump forward multiple years and significant fractions of years, like three, maybe four times this season. And it start you can start. You know, it's it's like a, a spaceship a being spun too fast. It's not, not, yeah, things aren't buttoned down enough to do that. So yeah, yeah. If they had left it in a shifted. place where I believe five months could go by and nothing would have really changed, or they had missions that were like, you know, more important. And, and sure, digging out the MSAM, all that stuff, repairing it, it's it's important. But also, they set up a few big things and didn't knock them down. Um, and they could have done they had enough months. time last last episode for Ed for for Ed to come up and be like, hey, look, I know what you want to talk about. And Danny could be like, hey, Ed, Ed. And he's like, look, it doesn't matter whose fault yeah. it was. 
all we have to do is concentrate. We got to and like, you know, keep it like I think that'd be consistent with both their characters. It would increase the yeah. tragedy for Danny and increase the pressure on him. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. And in um, this episode, you have the crew find out. Right. And then it becomes right. an, an issue again. But yeah. Yeah. They yeah. didn't have that scene. So it felt like it was a loose end. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, a little it's an it's an OK episode. I, I don't want to say like, oh, this is you know jumping the shark or it's it's a bad episode i still enjoyed it it's just yeah yeah, yeah for sure ends. it is and i'll go back to what i said in the pilot episode which you know i'll stand by i think that the hallmark of this show thus far is they really sweat these technical details and the character points and all that stuff and i mm-hmm. think in the first episode i felt like they're playing a little fast and loose with the physics and yeah. uh, you know, so, some, some of these things in, in favor of telling an exciting story. And I feel like they have done that now on the character side a bit, yeah. which I didn't see in the first two episodes, first two seasons. Of course, granted uh-huh. the first two seasons, we kind of covered as just fans. Like, you know, we watched it and we were kind of talking about it a little bit on OTC, but like, yeah. I know it changes scrutinizing a show, watching it multiple times, getting people's feedback, you know, paying attention to what people. So like, it, it could totally. be that like, maybe these things were always there and I just, just didn't pick up on it. But like, I, I think there's a little bit of a, di- uh, again, it's not fatal. We're no. not, I'm not saying this thing's jumping a shark. I'm just saying that if the show has jumped a shark, we can point to a couple things and be like, ah, oh, here are the ramps. Ah, oh, those are the fins in the water. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I would say this is, the worst episode probably of a very another very good season for for all mankind uh which is yeah. not to say it's a bad episode it's just the weakest yeah like 90 percent of it is still good it's just like 10 percent that sticks out to me like a sore throat now i imagine if you were like a huge you know uh prk uh astronaut fan theory that you were like pumping your fist, and be like uh-huh. fucking, I knew it. But for all the rest of us who had already considered that theory, I'm like, come on, what is this show? You got up? Nah, it's yeah, it's like the it's it's wild because like you guys are you the the, the uh, pro Korean astronaut side is probably really elated, and the anti is mm-hmm. probably double deflated because they'd already <laughs> thought it's dumb, and now here it's happening. And the show doesn't have time yep. to defend itself because like again, sure, we could have like a, a news montage that explains this whole thing, and it as is. And, and the thing is like just because it's possible doesn't mean it's probable. Like this could have been a one and a thousand shot, and everything went right. As far as like just even, you know, landing something on Mars, they've established as difficult. But you do this with a fully functional support system. And this guy has been there probably. So, yeah, I I need to see more. And fortunately, we have a near 90 minute episode next week that could answer a lot of questions. Yeah, it's a long one. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it had some great uh, high spots, too. I, I think like the the best stuff to me in this episode was when Ellen comes out to the public and the aftermath of that with Will and Roland I thought was like that got me choked up that was dude great incredible character moment yeah yeah no and and it felt it felt earned you know because the the time jumps were allowed that they were carefully paced to allow us to you know, have the very beginning, like Roland's knee jerk reactionary stance mm-hmm. on Will being gay to them being forced to work together and kind of like build, rebuild that esprit de corps. And then finally, uh, you know, with this 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 big moment of the American president kind of going to bat for him, Roland, you know, yeah. coming back around to being honored to be his friend. I Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I was choked up uh, for that, too. 
yeah some some power because the guy playing will nailed it too like 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 i felt like that's exactly how that guy would react in that situation where he's so happy but he's also kind of on the spot and Uh vulnerable with everybody looking at him and talking about it like at at the high like you know he didn't when when he was a little boy and he dreamed to go into space he did not intend to be an international lightning rod for gay rights right no and you know he's being forced to live through this and it seems like it's both something that's super happy it's super mortifying and i felt like he nailed all that stuff Mm -hmm. yep highlight of the episode for me um getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, a very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. All right. Why don't we get into the recap? Yeah. Let's come home. 
We start off with a little montage here of Danny sending a message to his wife about the progress on getting off of Mars. And they're digging out the MSAM. And then it's five months later and Danny's working on fixing up the MSAM. Uh, and we see that Kelly's significantly more pregnant. Her and Ed talk about the baby's name and then the doctor examines her and Ed gets to hear the baby kicking. Which is a moment for him. I think that's the baby's heartbeat. If that's the oh, baby well, kicking, then okay. God, God help Kelly. Because, <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, I didn't hear it. That, that's 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 okay. It's keeping some fucking uh, a metronome going in there. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, so I I thought that um, I, I've talked before about being perplexed about why everyone's worried about the methane fuel because I thought. I thought that 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 they were kind of doing the Robert Zubrin's plan for Mars, but if Endeavor or Sojourner was all nuclear, maybe it doesn't need methane. Maybe it didn't have a methane lab going and separating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, ox- the the various oxygen and other uh, organic stuff on Mars into methane. Um, so maybe they are in a pinch, but they they made this analogy I thought was cool about it's, it's like trying to fill a, a jetliner with a soda can. You know that they're they they've lost their main lab and they're trying to make as much as possible and they they also have to uh, I, I guess they can only make one trip they're gonna have enough fuel for one trip it's gonna be an ultra heavy load because they're gonna have to cram everybody into this MSAM that looks like the size of uh, what would you say like a minivan sure that sounds right maybe a cargo van but when you look at the MSAM when everybody's in it it's fucking packed with people so. Yeah. Um, and I, I was also thought it was interesting how pessimistic the Helios people were about anyone ever going back to Mars in their lifetime. Like this is fucked so bad that nobody is ever going to do it. Yeah, that's it. This episode is a, uh, a, a kind of showcase for the short sightedness of humanity. Um, you know, the, the yeah. Helios board talking about stock prices and shit when Deb is looking at it as a dreamer coming up with you know civilizations on mars right he's he's thinking hundreds of years in the future they're thinking next week when the fucking right. earnings reports come in it's it's a joke and then you look at some of the the stuff with ellen where the uh, who who is this guy dick i i, I don't exactly I think know it's who uh, is. congressman maybe yeah no he's i think he's supposed to be dick gephardt who was the house majority leader okay uh up until uh nancy like he was a minority majority leader up until nancy pelosi who has held the position for god over almost 20 years now i think but he's telling her you know don't don't think about like the the mars or the the nasa program you know going into the future hundreds of years or even five years think of your election cycle right it's like this short-sightedness everywhere on humanity's side that keeps us holds us back from doing great things right that was one of the interesting points that Zubrin made in his book about the case for mars about like his hypothesis is we never would have gone to the moon once the Soviets, uh, if the Soviets had pulled out of the space race. And even then it was kind of amazing because that was, that was JFK's project and he got assassinated in the middle of his dream. And all of America kind of like was beholden. Like it would be a bad look if you canceled Robert, you know, like uh, JFK's like last dream and you know, this challenge he put before America Mm -hmm. and at any other period of time, it's like, if it takes 10 years to do something in NASA and the average American president who is presiding over is going to be four to eight years. Yeah. It's really tough to get that continuity. Look, cause like the predecessor takes over, um, has very little, 
you know, like what he's going to bring over the finish line, his predecessor's baby. Whereas it's always like you could just cut this and save billions of dollars and look like a hero and say, and and you've always got the, well, we've got problems on earth. We can't spend trillions of exactly what Dick Gephardt was saying here. Yeah. It always seems like something that we don't need to do. Yeah. Which I guess is the hope of private space flight. But then on -hmm. the other hand, you've got this where like corporations have to turn a profit. They have a fiduciary duty to their shareholders uh, to to generate profit now, not later Uh now. And if you're ever not doing that, they can sue you for not living up to your your duty to the shareholders. So it's a. it's a real bind we got to get the to, to get to the next level in interplanetary spaceflight. Yeah, yeah, or any any or really anything big. I mean, you look at the the uh, energy production change that's taken place, right? And then you've got a lot of mm-hmm. people, um, as he says, living in homeless camps, and these are former coal mining workers, uh, former oil workers, all these people who were producing energy now don't have jobs. Well, a it's your responsibility to give them the support they need motherfucker but b this is the pain of change this is the pain of progress right um and it's it's not comforting it's not uh gonna help the people to just tell them like well you're you're uh the cost of doing business you're the cost of Uh progress so take comfort in the fact that you helped us get there that's not gonna put food in their mouths um or roof over their head but it's necessary you know it's clearly necessary in certain cases, especially in the energy production arena. So I, I agree. It's so, it's so short-sighted, right? Just like all these petty issues that get in the way of progress. But they also, they're from the, looking at from the other side, it does make a certain amount of sense that like, well, if we have poor people, people are hungry, people are starving here on earth. Why are we spending money on a dead to put people on a dead planet? Like, I don't agree with that, but like it is Uh a perennially compelling uh, um, line of argument. Easy, an easy argument to fall into. Yeah. And I think on the other side, you know, that's that uh, we have to take it up uh, the mantle of like we have to have good arguments to respond to that because it's not like you can just be like, well, fuck you, Luddite. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> then you're going to have a whole bunch of uh, Wilsonville spread out all, all, all over uh, America, tent cities and such. And and that's going to, you know, pe- people are going to put up with that for very long. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they did a a really good job of establishing the states for Kelly's pregnancy for people that might not know the fact that there's elevated, you know, we don't, Mars has no Van Allen belt, no, no magnetic sphere to protect uh, the itself from the, the, the violent radiation coming from the sun. Mm-hmm. It's got one third earth's gravity, which already people have talked about how that has prop, um, you know, microgravity, yeah, reduced gravity yeah. in adults. Let alone a fetus developing in a womb. So they're very, very desperate to get her back to Phoenix, where at least she'll have uh, a full Earth gravity and presumably maybe better shielding even than uh, what the what those habs are uh, capable of. So, yeah, I I thought that was uh, and then they got problems like how are they going to fit her into a spacesuit? I felt like they overplayed the urgency of getting Kelly back up, though. I. Like people, we just don't know the effects, right? It's not like, oh, we have a ticking clock where if we don't get you back up there in a month, you're definitely going to experience like birth defects or death or something like that. But it's a huge, and if I, but I also understand 
uh, if we don't get you up in a month, we're going to miss the, we're going to miss your window. And then you're going to have to spend another 18 months. I mean, uh, one way or another, this thing will sort itself out in another four months. So <laughs> what if it ends with a death or deformed child? So sure. let me ask you this. Sure. That's a possibility. There's no, please tell me, you, you know more about Ron Moore's work than I do. Cause I didn't sit, sit through all of, uh, I bailed on Battlestar after the first season. Uh huh. He's not going to go X-Men with this, right? He's, we're not going to have we're not going to have a Baldwin baby that has ESP. Oh, no, no, no. Or shit like that, because I'm I'm telling you I'm out. If this baby starts having precog shit no. or some kind of like there's like <laughs> no. he's like positing another evolution of human. I'm, I just want everyone to know that that is that is the shark has been jumped for me. I Yeah. It, it would definitely be jumped for me. And let me say that that is absolutely a part of Battlestar Galactica, but it is Fuck. <laughs> but, but it is not going to happen in this show because Battlestar okay. Galactica is a true yeah, yeah, yeah. sci-fi show. Like, right. Those concepts can be introduced there. Um, it's it's more of a but, fantasy. This is more grounded in reality. So I agree. But the further we get out from the main timeline, the further I think he might be tempted to push the sci-fi throttle. Uh, I think if he were getting into like gene editing stuff or something, yeah. uh, he might be willing to go there. But so far, I've seen no hint of that. Uh, and I don't think he's going to do straight up fantasy, you know, some yeah. mystical uh, space stuff with radiation. I no, I really don't think so. Okay, it could be wrong. I'm... Uh, they landed a North Korean on Mars <laughs> in a one man suicide mission. So in an unmanned probe on a suicide mission. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. Like before before I saw this episode, I'd be absolutely not. But this <laughs> on the second watch in particular, the, as he's saying, oh, you know, the radiation has unknown effects on the infant's development. I'm like, oh, fuck. If they go <laughs> Fantastic Four on this, I just don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be clobbering to time. Methane. It, it breathes mm-hmm. methane. It exhales <laughs> methane, and that's going to solve their fuel problem. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the news talks about Kelly's baby, and Ellen is pressured by a congressman, this dick guy I was talking before, to sign a bill that would give Congress control over NASA's budget. Ellen says, I'm going to veto this thing if you get it passed. And then in private here, Dick threatens to use the office tape recordings against her, um, actually against Larry, and then use that scandal to override her veto. Yeah. Um, and I think all that stuff tracks politically. It, it seemed mm-hmm. like it could, certainly. And they brought back, like, you know, this is the three-step Martin reveal, you know, we talked about uh, Carl Rove and his dirty tricks game, his robo-calling, and apparently in this world, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just happened a, an election cycle sooner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she's being uh, this is high stakes uh, political ransom, essentially. Mm-hmm. I do. To me, this is so stupid that Ellen has got all of the nation's energy employed, like like bottom line, frontline blue collar energy workers out of work and living in homeless camps. To mm-hmm. me, this is like there's got to be money. There's got to be money earmarked to where you could give these people a soft cushion so you don't have these optically like if it's a good thing. And I do think it's a good thing that we've essentially solved, you know, energy, humanity's energy problems have been solved. Yeah. Okay. It's undeniably good. It's undeniably good. Well, if our energy problems are solved, there's got to be just a tremendous amount of wealth being generated and divert some of that from the goddamn pockets of corporations and put right. it into social programs that give these people uh, a, a, a future besides the street. 
in the wealthiest, most powerful country in the, in the world. I, but like this yeah. happens all the fucking time. And I, it's something that, you know, you and I have been talking a lot in terms of automation. Like you think that the coal miners have gotten their bitch on in those last 20 years. That's an industry that employs like 80 to a hundred thousand people. Well, we automate yeah. like trucks and driving. You're talking about three and a half million people mm-hmm. that derive their livelihood from a industry that's going to go away in our lifetimes. Yeah. No, th- and these problems as are far as I real. can tell, there is no pro. There is no plan to deal with that pro- no. that 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 looming problem, and and all the other things are going to happen because of automation, which are undeniably good. It's better to have robots driving these fucking trucks than people that mm-hmm. are you know up eighteen hours a day and taking speed. It's better to have warehouses full of robots packing things than people holding their piss and pissing in bottles and dying of heat exhaustion during the increasingly hot summers. It's just we have to have a plan to deal with the people to get them from the the world we're living now to the world we want to live into tomorrow. And, uh, and yeah, I think this is super realistic, them- very frustrating to see it depicted on the show. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah. And, and my opinion is you need to give them options. You can't just say, well, we're going to, you know, your job is going away and you have this like education option that you can take. Um, right. And if you don't take that, well, you're screwed. Right. I, I yeah, think there, there have to be other options. There have to be, you know, a, a lot of the times this would have been done by private corporations, though we've we've transformed, you know, trucking into something that isn't uh, an employer thing. It's now a contract worker thing, essentially, uh-huh. in, in most cases. Um, uh-huh. And so those people have nothing to fall back on. They don't have a pension. They don't have any kind of uh soft landing that has been built into the system that they were in right so now yeah, they don't even guarantee do health care because it's tied to employment so often uh-huh. it's uh yeah. it's a real sticky wicket and i agree because like i think that when politicians do think in terms of like well we're going to these people it's like oh well we'll have an educational voucher that's good for uh six credits at a community college uh, yeah. But only if you make between nineteen thousand and thirty one thousand dollars, and only if it's like it's like by the t- like how does that help it's, me it's if more, I'm sixty years old? If right. I've been driving a truck for thirty five years and suddenly and I'm going to live for another fifteen to twenty right. to twenty five. Yeah, no, I, that's one. It's like yeah, it's 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 a fig leaf. It's so they can say we uh-huh. did something rather than you know, and and also puts the blame on the person who lost her job because, well, didn't you take advantage of your educational credits? Weren't you able to retool your entire life's work uh, against your will in, 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 you know, 12 to 24 months. And if you didn't, then fuck you. Yeah. Cause it's it's your fault. Wash your hands of these people and then let them just, you know, to their fate. And it sucks. And I I also understand there's a moral hazard in just giving people a ton of free money and stuff as well. Um, But Jesus Christ, I feel well. (laughs) Hey, man. I'm just acknowledging there's another view. I'm I'm acknowledging there's another viewpoint. uh, But I think that like most fair minded people, it seems, thinks that the balance is a little bit too far on the other side. Um, Uh So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to Alita. She invites Bill over to take a look at the evidence that she's compiled about uh, who gave the Russians their engine design. And the data is definitely pointing the finger at Margot. And she offers to make this case to Bill if he'll just hang around, sit down and hear her out. And he does. I did not see Alita and Bill being the new Rust and Marty. Yep. From True Detective, you know, <laughs> I was expecting, over, I was expecting Bill to get up and be like, shows him that. 
fuck you man fuck yeah i was expect i was expecting one of those because it's exactly like him taking taking marty into his little storage shed of yarn conspiracy it was uh, but i loved it in here come in here and look at my insanity board and tell me i'm not crazy I loved it and I hated where it ended, man. I hated that Aleda is against Bill because yes. I think Bill did the right thing. But you know. But man, it makes a ton of sense. I I don't know. I, I love this moment because of how much I hate it. You know? Yeah. It's one of those that's like, God damn it. People. Yeah. Uh but it was a nice moment like them sitting in these 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 uh old folding aluminum <laughs> lawn chairs as they're drinking a you know uh long necks out of a bucket uh figuring out trying to figure out if Margot actually is the the head spy. I thought it was uh it's pretty interesting. Oh, that's the mm-hmm. other casualty of the the all the time skips is like we don't what the hell happened with Sergey? It's gone. He's done. Like that's He's gone, and Margot's forgotten person. about it, and there's uh-huh. no more, no bubbles, no troubles on that. That's this that was a little rough. I thought that was a little bit of a rough transition because she was considering a military option or a black ops option or something. Yeah, and, but then it was his family, right? And he didn't want them disturbed because clearly they got to they got to touch base back on that, right? They can't just. I don't know. Well, it was a good, valiant effort because I, I think I think Margot might go to jail. Yeah, I think she's gonna have bigger fish, bigger problems uh, in her future. But yeah, I don't. I don't think Sergey is coming back, man. I think he's lost to the Russian uh, gulag. We're gonna have a a, a, mon, uh, a kicking a four ten years montage of them both counting off uh, tally marks sure. of their days. He's in. He's uh-huh. in the gulag. She's in Fort you know Leavenworth, and they're crashing rocks. Whatever. Yep. Could be. Uh, all right, let's go to Dev explaining to his board the Helios plans to colonize Mars, and the board is pretty reluctant to continue the Mars colonization missions after the landslide accident. And he tells them the story of Jamestown and how they lost, what was it, 80% of their population 80%. in the first three days, and yet they persevered. Uh, but the board doesn't give a shit. They're more concerned about the stock prices than putting humans on Mars, and they've decided to pivot their business back to mining helium-3. And Dev, at the end of this scene, promises to turn things around. And I don't know if this is a this is a turn from him that's like, well, I clearly see that they're not on board with my vision, and if I don't say something like this, I'm going to get fired. Because um, I think he knows he's in a precarious situation there. It seems like it. Um, I did... I really like the design of Calypso. It looks so much like a Buck Rogers era rocket that I just used. I just couldn't help but yeah. be charmed by by this thing and his plan for Mars having thousands of colonists, a mining operation and spaceport and all. I mean, goddamn, that's a dream for a kid that loves space like myself. Yeah. I did find it like I don't think saying, well, well look at look at Jamestown where they lost 80 percent of uh, uh, of their colonists in the first three years. And oh, by the way, we'll depopulate this continent of 90 percent of its native people in the next hundred. I don't sure. know that that is something that would like make, make the board think that this is something that we personally need to be, you know, yeah, uh, in, involved in. Right. They, yeah. they need to hear how does this Mars colonization translate to money? And what he should be talking about is. Uh, you know, building the railroads and uh, <laughs> company towns and like how they're going to fleece 
everyone involved in setting up the Mars colonization, right? Indentured right, ser- right. servitude. Like, exactly. Those exactly. are the, the bells you need to be ringing, the points you need to be hitting. And, and to her point, like, about the short-sightedness of it all, yeah. it's very easy to say, but, like, if Dev pursues the dream of a Mars colony that I think you and I are in favor of, and he bankrupts the company, and and two years from now, Helios is just sold for spare parts amongst, you know, for space tourism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, damn. You know, that's the other, like, it's not a matter of committing to the will. It's like, what if it's not possible? What if it's not financially possible? Well, that's the annoying thing, right? It seems like the, the mining side of the company, the Helium-3 mining, is mm-hmm. awash with cash. It's just that the stockholders won't tolerate losing, not, not even losing money, tolerate making less money than they could in the short term in order. But do you not believe Karen? Because Karen, Karen's done the spreadsheets and she thinks that the entire company is in danger because of the Mars uh, no. loss leader. Because that's the thing. It's we'll like, I, I would back. I mean, because because I, I guess like all devs lackeys on the board, I think that they are. But like, I don't think Karen if, if there was a, a way to do it with their current financial standings or something, I think she mm-hmm. would have presented that rather than, you know, selling the whole thing. And that's, I, maybe that's why Karen's sure. there just so we know that maybe the board isn't just, you know, being, rea- you know, be, being uh, nervous Nellies about it. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but there's gotta be some compromise solution and, you know, I don't know if the stockholders go for it or the board goes for it, but like, okay, maybe you have to take your time and do it a little more slowly and build up your, uh, yeah. War chest. To ab- I agree to abandon Mars. it all together. Yeah, it seems, seems so short sighted. Yeah, but that's that's uh, our financial system for you. It's extremely short sighted. Uh, all right, let's move on to Ellen and Larry listening to the very incriminating tapes uh, of their office, the Oval Office recordings. They're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, they run over a couple solutions here, but Larry's solution is to confess and uh, say that Ellen actually didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I thought this is, you know, like them speed running all the possibilities. Can we abs- essentially lean into the obstruction? Uh, can yeah, we fight I'm this legally as, as a viewer? Right. I'm like, okay, how do yeah. we get out of this? Is there, uh, is there a way to get out of this that doesn't, make them bad people. And that's also what I'm like concerned with as a viewer. Ellen's taken a long term. Like, you know, the American president might need executive privilege to shield uh, vital national security things from, you know, certain prying eyes in the future. And if we blow this, set this court precedent on your goddamn sex scandal, then that's going to weaken American like she's she's not just looking after the interest of her own self, but she's also looking after the office of the presidency, which is I I don't know that I agree with that. Why? Because I you wouldn't take an untested rifle into battle. You an untested protection is no protection at all. If if, Mm. and I, I get that, like, it's a hot button issue, right, with the gay rights stuff and that maybe a court that isn't as. Uh, you know, dedicated to their job as she is to the presidency might take sides on that. Um, yeah. And and the hot button issue of gay rights might not be the right challenge to make, but you have to challenge it. You have to get concrete information on what, what this executive privilege will withstand. Because if you don't, it's no protection at all. 
I can see that point, but I've, I've often heard a lot of lawyers say that bad case makes for bad law. So it's like, I think in you're you're right. I would rather have something tested, a legal theory that's tested. But like, if I'm testing a legal theory on the flimsiest of pretexts, I think that's different than like, hey, I don't want to play this tape because it actually has our invasion plans for X, Y, Z to intervene in, sure. you know, one, two, An three, and now this issue. is going to get yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, and I think yeah, that yeah. like. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing is I think that the uh, well, there's a lot of unfortunate things about the founding of this country. One of them was that the fathers, the the founding fathers did not conceive of an era in which a branch of the government would not zealously protect its look after its own interests and its own protections. And I think a lot of, you know, what's wrong with America is that we have essentially uh, we've got like the worst of all the different worlds. We've got like uh, a, a lot of this. um stuff that like it calcifies and 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 supports not changing things but we've gotten rid of all of the like checks and balances within the the different government uh, parties because congress especially has been completely lax about uh the executive taking over more and more and more of its prerogatives mm-hmm. um to where like yeah i mean we're we're now in a situation where it seems like we could very easily within a generation slide to some kind of totalitarian dictatorship just because all you know like you'd have to push back over 50 60 years of of power grab by executive branch but i thought it was interesting in a a west wing kind of way them Uh them having that conversation yeah i I can see the argument um especially given the particular issue that they'd be testing it over so yeah but uh, generally like my idea is hey i don't want to go into battle with an untested rifle and and kudos to everyone that, that picked up on the significance of the tapes. The fact that the like uh-huh. you the Watergate stuff went down slightly differently in this universe than others. The the tapes are still there. They're able to be subpoenaed, and uh, it's going to be a big big problem for Larry and and, and Ellen here. And also like I you know I uh, thought Larry was fairly courageous in falling on a sword to protect her her pregnancy. You know he's going to take and uh, and also I I. I it also made me think about the sexism that would come hand in hand with any, the the first gentleman, whatever first gentleman we ever have. I don't care if it's in 2024 or 1994, they're just going to face all this, you know, yuck, yuck sexism coming from the other direction Mm -hmm. uh, when it happens. And poor Larry, a gay man is going to get it treble. So yeah, yeah. He's really, and I was thinking, oh my God, every time she looks at the picture of the, like, oh my God, imagine you're a boy growing up in 19, mid nineties America and your dad is the first gentleman and he's gay and you're, you know, like, it's just, it's just tragic. Uh, not because he's gay, but because of the way is the world is set up, um, mm-hmm. that's going to make all that being just so much harder in his position. And I think he absolutely makes the right call here. It is the right move to yes. confess and take the blame. He does need to make this right. It was his fault. Um, I kind of agree with Ellen. Like it, in the current climate, you needed to keep this in your pants for four years and you couldn't even do it. Um, and so it's his sword to fall on here. I, uh, I wish we could a B test his history to see what would happen if Bill Clinton just had done come clean and been like, you know what? I did right. fuck up. I fucked up in this area. There's been a consistent weakness of mine. I don't think it affects my governance in any other way, but I did do this. I did betray my wife to yeah. the extent I, cause yeah. Cause I, I also think behind the scenes, Hillary and Bill were exactly like this. 
<laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, I don't think Hillary was like crying in a corner about, oh, could you? You cheat. Like, I think uh, it's like, God damn it, Bill. What the fuck? What are we going to do? How much can we get away with? What can? No, I absolutely think that this was. And they just came to different answers. The, the, the Big Macs are not enough for you. God damn it, Bill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I thought it, you it, left it, all this behind at the Arkansas's governor house. God damn. <laughs> we don't have the entire Arkansas state fucking police looking after you anymore. Like, come on. And, and I think it's, you know, ironic in the best kind of way um, that Larry's relationship is the thing that's going to bring Ellen down when Ellen has given up so many of those. Um, yeah. For the presidency to get to where she is yeah it's like it's tragic right um yeah all around from from larry's side but yeah let's move uh back over to elena she lays out the case um for margo being the only option to bill and bill agrees with her conclusion and tells her you got to go to the fbi but elena is reluctant is like an understatement here because of what they did to her father but what is she what did she expect was going to happen? Like yeah, the FBI, to- if you give it to the quote unquote justice department, do you know what the justice department will do? They'll give it to the branch of government that's designed to investigate domestic, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, spying malfeasance It's going to be the FBI. And, right. uh, like, I get it. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like one of those things where it's like, I understand from like everyone's point of view here, but I also wonder like, well, if Alita, Alita wasn't going to take it to this, wh- what did she want? Did she yeah. want to like somehow isolate Margot at NASA? So she can't give up more. See, like, no, what is the I, end game I, in I her think mind? That might be what, she, what she might have wanted here is to find the culprit uh, pinpoint them and take that information to Margo and let Margo handle it. And so she was wanting out, to be talked out of. She Margo. was wanting to, over, to overlook something that Bill could see and be like, oh, it's actually not Margo. So she could still. Yeah, take that info to Margo and let her handle it. But oops, it's Margo. So she has no choice but to do it herself. And that's interesting. The point. Okay. I, I mean, that... when she, she, she organically worked her way into this uh, pickle, right? It, right. it wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. she realized something from day one and said, eventually I'm going to have to go to the FBI with this. And that's a big problem for me personally. It was just like, something's weird here. Let me investigate. Oh, no, something's really weird here. Let me keep going. And then mm-hmm. she got stuck in this. So, yeah, yeah, she's she's in a rock and a hard place here personally. Uh, and then Karen comes to Dev with a plan to sell the Phoenix to NASA. He thinks it's crazy, but Karen has already floated the idea to NASA and they responded positively. Dev is pissed for a couple of reasons because the PR is going to look bad. And also he's not ready to throw in the towel and he tells her to have a little faith. The numbers don't always tell the whole story. I don't understand what he thinks is going to happen. Um, Bigger people than him have been pushed out of you know, these seats before and ultimately, yeah, once you lose the faith of the board, it's, it's, you're, you're done. You know, if you're a publicly yeah. traded company, there's, you got, you got, you got nothing, nothing left to do. Huh? I wonder if like, if the story is that there, he's just, cause like to me, it's like the story is Dev's going to win. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. And I'm liking Dev a lot more oh. in this episode, right? I'm, I'm believing in him. Um, but it's, it's tough because like Dev Dev as evidenced in the crisis that they had on Mars where he came up with the great idea to, you know, cave in the lava, the lava tube 
Yeah. Um, he takes his time to process this stuff and comes up with interesting, innovative solutions to things. Whereas right. the board is just looking at this like today, fuck, we need to do something because our stock tank. Yeah. Our stock price yeah. is tanking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. F- latch onto the first solution that seems viable. And Dev is processing things, you know, he might come up with something. How do we feel about Karen? Because that's the thing. It's like, to me, uh, it's like, well, Dev has to win, but maybe he doesn't because it seems like the show wants to put Karen in this seat, which is a more interesting thing for the show's future, I think. Yeah. But like, how does Karen turn? How does Karen turn this around? Because Karen's looked at the numbers and she's seeing... You know, and when I say turn things around, I think like Helio still being invested in and in right. not just the moon mining, lunar mining, but like, you know, deep space, space exploration. The Like what Dev said at the very beginning, he wants to open up the moons of Saturn and Jupiter and the asteroid belt. He did this. Mars was just a first step in, in this bold thing. How does she get that back on track? I don't know, because if she doesn't, she's not going to be satisfied with being the CEO of this company. Right. Like what's it was never her dream to continue the legacy of a company that's uh, of a mining company. She wants to build something from the ground up is what she said. Yeah. So, and if she gets this seat and devs an advisor and she just like, well, I'm just going to listen to dev, everything the dev wants to do, then (laughs) guess what? She'll get fired and they'll hire somebody else. So Uh maybe the, uh, the naysaying engineer. It's always, always shit talking, whatever uh, thing is up for public debate, you know, like that's a person that's not going to uh, push the button about going to Mars. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder where ex- they're, I, I almost expect her to turn it down. You know, it's not her dream. It's not what she loves doing. Um, selling the Phoenix is probably the best idea, but it needs to be coupled with another idea on how to colonize Mars and do it successfully, you know, profitably. Um, uh, yeah. so maybe she goes there, but if she can't walk that middle path, I feel like she doesn't take the job or she quits. I'm glad that it seems unlikely that we're gonna have another time jump, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, we have a crisis. Uh, I don't think that you can jump away from the crisis. You know, no. they don't, they don't typically do that in this show. Kelly is a crisis, them getting off. So I, I think we're going to see Dev's reaction and what he says and the board says and what, you know, you know, assuming Kelly or I'm sorry, Karen, assuming Karen takes over, like, you know, what her statement's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the the mission statement for the company. I'm, I'm glad because I don't want to just next next season. It's it's 2005 and Karen is the undisputed master of this company and they've yada yada over all that. No, they'll set us up for another 10 year jump that will make sense. Sounds like the uh, show's committing the old, old woman, Karen though. I'm not, I'm not sure in, in a way that I'm not sure anyone else is, they're committing to. Like, I think Ed could die. Karen? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think they're divesting themselves from all the old, the, the, the previous generation and they're going to, it's going to be leaning forward, you know, on some of the, the younger people that they've established. Like Will's going to be a big part. I'm sure Kelly and Danny, although Danny, mm-hmm. how the hell, yeah man we're gonna that's that's one thing i'm super interesting after that like when we do our wrap-ups like where do we think this show is going in the future because they do have a little bit of like cast turnover problem i think Mm -hmm. but we'll see alita you know is a natural choice for the director um Mm -hmm. uh, yeah we'll we'll see see how it goes i can see some of the positions but they're gonna have to definitely bring a lot of younger people along mm-hmm. to to uh, have have as big a big a cast as they they have yeah because ha- half of the people right now are 
Russians who I I guess we could see more on Mars. It's true, but probably not a lot on Earth because we haven't to the to date seen a lot of Russian activity on Earth. Maybe Russia and the United States dip off of Mars and it's North Korea. North yep. Korea yep. that brings forth the brave, brave new future. <laughs> All their astronauts here. get shot to death on Mars and they just decide, <laughs> you know what? It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, all right. An essential system on the MSAM has been destroyed. It's their rendezvous radar system, uh, which allows them to dock with the Phoenix. There seems to be no replacement, but it turns out that, and, and I'm going to cover all the stuff to deal with this system here. Uh, it turns out the Russians have five on the planet from sampler probes, but the closest is 1500 kilometers away from happy Valley. The trip will take a month. Kelly can't wait lo- that long for some reason. However, the North Koreans have a probe with the same technology, much closer and Danielle and the Russian commander. I still don't know his fucking name. Decide to go. Me either. Does he have a name? He's the Soviet commander in my notes, the Soviet (laughs) Mars commander. I just looked it up. His name is Grigori. So my understanding, this is an automated docking module. Yeah. And that since Helios is a private company, they were using either best of breed or cheapest technology. And apparently the Russians were selling this to everybody and the, the Americans weren't. So they've got a Russian automated docking system that's controlling their spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Do you find it hard to believe that Ed Baldwin would not have a manual backup for docking the Popeye to another spacecraft and that this would be within mm-hmm. the realm of his physical capabilities to manually dock a spacecraft to another spacecraft? Yeah. Second question. This thing for sure has a fucking airlock on it. Is it really impossible to get within like, I don't know, 10 meters of the spacecraft, put an astronaut in a thing, Uh uh, throw a cable like you're I mean, there's so many options that you could do to get the spare that's on the Phoenix. By the way, with one fucking Sam M Sam, why is the spares on fucking Phoenix? This seems like right. a lot of, and I, like I said, I, I've 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 overlooked this up to this point, but now it's starting to get the cascading effects. Like I, it seems crazy to only have one MSAM on a ship that large, but you know what? There's lots of single points of failure in spaceflight. Delta V is a sure. thing. There's only so much you got, and you got to make hard fucking choices. Uh, if something happened, the lunar ascent module, the astronauts on the moon were fucked. They're just gonna die there. So yeah. like, I get it, but like some of this stuff is like you're carrying spares, but why in the main spacecraft? Isn't the primary hazard of this thing breaking down on Mars? Sure. There's no ability for the larger craft to soft land anything on Mars. It's like that it seems fucking crazy. And this, I don't know why is this cowboy don't- Ed versus Danielle, because it, later in a scene, Danielle wants to take like extra solar cells or whatever battery cells yeah. for yeah. for their uh, rover. Right. Um, and then the Russian commander, Grigori, questions it he's like what the hell why are we carrying all this extra weight she's like well Mm -hmm. shit breaks so so it could be like cowboy ed you know didn't consider all these these possibilities whereas danielle is maybe i just wish there was a scene where nasa and russia were talking about like why they can't do like because there might be obvious engineering things where these would be problems but i felt like the show in previous history would like walk you know like why can't you do the obvious thing like this obviously has right. an airlock and I question maybe it didn't, but 
but they showed Danny in the cockpit and his uh, his his co-worker say she's going to go back to it and she gets in this thing and shuts it. That's got to be an airlock, mm-hmm. you know, because Danny's not getting into like, oh, hold on, let me get in my spacesuit because you're going to fucking expose me to the vac- near vacuum of Mars. Uh-huh. So it's got an airlock. Why can't they? Why can't they spacewalk it out? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely be risky, um, dangerous. Expose but. they're within deadly cable range if they're getting in there without a, a, a auto docker. I don't sure. know. Little, sure, yeah, the cable's whipping around. Like, uh huh. Like, it's like a fucking like landing on Medusa's head. Uh huh. <laughs> God damn it! Have you not learned not to talk about that woman's hair, Jim? <laughs> No, the the daughter is what I was going for. What is their daughter? Willow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Jada. You said Willow. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, so my apologies, Will. I don't want you to come smack me. Yeah, your daughter's on record for whipping her hair back and forth. So you can't get mad at us for that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. There might be a way to do this, but clearly the show does not want that way to be explored. Um, This is cool, too. Again, like going and in fact, uh, maybe they say these are all plausible, but like, hey, you know what? Let's just walk 80 miles or let's let's rove 90 miles and get one is laying on the surface first. That's and this was a great way to bring back the North Koreans. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, yeah, they have been keeping that on the back burner for a reason. And boy, was I wrong about the reason. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. But I, I don't know. I like scenes like this where they're, you know discussing all the possibilities and working through and it's very much like the Ellen scene right with Larry where they're working through the possibilities it's just the political possibilities yeah I agree uh, and legal possibilities so all that is cool and then we come to uh, a scene where Bill has called a woman at the FBI to Alita's dismay but they meet with her anyway and she says all the right things and Alita tells her to fuck off uh, the FBI apparently is going to pursue this case regardless whether she helps them or not. Of course they will. Uh, obviously, yeah. And then on her way out, she tells Bill, you're dead to me. I said yeah, it's another big moment building for them, honestly. It's it's brutal. I hope she did. She, do you think she'll bring up in her testifying without being asked that he pissed his pants one time in Mission Control? <laughs> sure. <laughs> just just for sheer bloody mindedness. Let the yeah. record. I want to I want to get it out on record. Uh, uh-huh. This man's nickname was Peanut. Can you ex- 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 explain why he explain was? To no, the court. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, once Bill went to the FBI, which again he should have. There's no fucking way the FBI is like, well, there's credible evidence of a uh, of of Russian corruption at the highest levels of a national s- space agency. Let's, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll let that go. We won't investigate that because no, Alita feels really does strongly the right about thing it here. You know, uh, except for Alita who is doing the right thing for her character. And I still love that. And, and we see in the next scene, like this isn't, she's got genuine, you know, like she, she, she cares about this a lot. This is something that she's got a lot of emotion and loyalty tied to. I mean, she's turned down personally enriching herself quite a bit to, for her loyalty for, for to, to Margot. And then and she's been betrayed by literally every single person and institution she's ever come in contact with. She's betrayed by her mentor, Margot. She's betrayed by Bill by calling the FBI. Mm-hmm. She's betrayed mm-hmm. by the FBI for, uh, for what they did to her father. Like, right. And which if you guys, and, if you guys don't remember in season one, there was that slimy investigation. God, who played the investigator too? I remember him being like a real punchable face asshole. Yeah, that, uh, I, I don't remember. Oh, was it the guy that collect da- collected data? 
uh, the, the, the collector and, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Anyway, they did this investigation about who, you know, what, where the leaks were coming from in NASA. And they pinned uh, they, they pinned everything on the poor immigrant janitor, which is how he got right. deported and why. I mean, this is that's that's why it's not just that she's mad about her dad. Like, that's why she lived a, a, a homeless desperate existence why she got fucking shot in the shoulder she's got all that scarring and stuff <laughs> right, from shotgun. like there's a lot it, it's not just like oh the fbi is mean to my dad or like their her family experienced severe consequences because of this stuff and, and, and all this betrayal is on top of the fact that her father has the beginnings or maybe the middle stages here of dementia yeah. and she can't even turn to him for comfort and when she does she's disappointed yet again because he doesn't realize who he's talking to. It's what a it's blow. incredibly sad. Uh, like her, her situation is just brutal in this moment. And I don't fault her for, for any of the stuff she's doing. Um, yeah. It sucks what she's doing to bill because bill is an innocent in this and she brought him into mm-hmm. it. And what did she expect? But like, but sometimes it, she comes by it. Honestly, it's like yeah, every yeah, no. single person and every single thing in her life has conspired to push her to this point and it sucks for her yeah that that scene where she's tearing apart her yarn conspiracy theory and he comes <laughs> uh-huh. out and and starts calling him her by his wife's name and yeah and like it's just it's a lot it's a lot yeah uh and i do feel like they're setting up a another big moment like i said for her and bill later yeah. on to reconcile um when when she can you know get her head on a little straighter um, hopefully, because I, I and then realize that yeah, it, this it, is not the way to go. But it might wait for next season, though, because yeah, they I they're both poised to be the heads of their respective space agencies, and they might have a mm-hmm. Russian American moment where they have to come together and work and and put all this behind them. Because like I can't imagine her cooling off in no, you know, being forced to testify against her boss is going to and and I think that's there is going to be a time jump jump next episode. If I were to guess, roughly forty five to sixty minutes is going to be wrapping up the issues, and then you're going to have a time jump mm. to to because because it's going to take time for the FBI to investigate. There's going to be probably congressional hearings. There's going to be the fallout from the presidential shit. They need to jump forward to get to a point in like I don't know ninety six or ninety seven that they can throw the ball forward another decade. That's my yeah. guess. I can see it. All right, let's go over to Danielle and Gregory preparing for the road trip. Uh, Phoenix sends down the drilling accident report, and he claims operator error but blames Nick. And Danny vociferously calls bullshit. Uh, he's getting over defensive. I mean, I think he's this makes sense. He's appropriately outraged, and it's not. It's also uh, amplified because he knows the real culprit. Um, yeah, but the way he voices it, like you compare it to how everybody else in, in the room is reacting, and he is right. clearly overreacting yeah. as compared to everyone else. So he's overreacting for his position. Uh-huh. I guess that's the thing. It's like a normal human. He's having a normal human reaction, but we need better from our astronauts in life and death situations. Like they have to have right. the kind of inhuman ability to clamp that shit down and still function. And he's overreacting uh, compared to everyone else. Cause he's the guilty party. In he this is scenario, right? all he's that shame. Lot, all and this guilt. is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Is multiplying, multiplying that. And, uh, everyone's worried because we, we need Danny on, on mission and on task. It seems like he has been for the last few months. Cause he's had that, yeah. you know, 
like it's like nose to the grindstone. Anymore. You don't have time to think about shit. You got to just do. And now what's he going to do? Yeah. Because for what for regardless, like if he lives, if he makes it off of Mars, he's going to have a long trip home to think. Sure. Months and months. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, one of the board members who I think is a co-founder of helios uh, he's the one from the very first episode that, that discovered the secret of fusion with dev oh, okay that makes sense um, i think his name's larry yeah, too gonna, but they're gonna talk about them being at mit together and stuff so right. that makes sense uh yeah he visits karen to talk about selling the phoenix and he likes the idea and he talks with her briefly about how brilliant dev is and how helios started but how dev has changed over the years and he also says, hey, we're firing Dev as CEO and we'd like you to take his place. Uh, I, I liked getting a little more, you know, information on Dev because um, I, I feel like I'm getting a better handle on who he is. And he mostly comes off as the the guy that I wanted him to be early on when we met him, when he was saying all the right things. Yeah. Uh, you know, just p- pressed into the shape he's in by the pressures of having a board who's concerned with the stock price and all that stuff. And on the other hand, being concerned that he's been swallowed alive by his own myth. I was thinking yeah, when they're yeah. having this conversation about like, you know, in the, the old Roman days when they'd throw a, a Roman general, a triumph, you know, which is a celebration of how fucking awesome you are. Uh, legend goes that they used to, they, they, they would uh, pay an underling to be on the chariot with the general as he's riding through and people are throwing, you know, flowers and thousands of people and he's going through this, this prize procession and they'd whisper into his ear. One day you're going to die just to keep the guy grounded. Like you are still a man. You are a mortal. You ain't shit. Memento Mori motherfucker. Uh, yeah, and, and you look around at some of the billionaire class that we got, like, I mean, and, and yeah, if you know anything about Roman history, that shit wasn't airtight. It didn't exactly keep people from doing doing silly shit, well, but the purpose they of, don't even try throwing a triumph if you're just undermining it. Was, why not just not throw the triumph? You know, there's a, there's a lot of philosophy, stoicism that like, you know, like there's kind of state religion was all about the like, you know, being able to keep keeping the keeping the balance between extremes. Um, and there's something to that, but like, I, I think it's interesting cause like this guy, he's, he's, he is the person, uh, most responsible for solving the humanity's energy problems forever, sure. essentially forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you have that like huge win in a certain domain, I think it's natural for that to go to your head and you start thinking you can solve every problem. And if you, you know, like I said, if you look at the billionaire class yeah. that's active in the scene today, you see a whole lot of that fucking hubris. Um, and it needs to be checked. So it's like I'm in this situation where it's like I am rooting for Dev to get to Mars, but I also see his partner's point that this guy also uh, could get single-minded and maniacal in pursuing a dream to good or ill. And what? how do you keep a check on that? Apparently, you replace him with Karen. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, then we go over to Ellen telling Larry that he doesn't have to throw himself under the bus, but he insists uh, that he needs to. And it doesn't sit well with her. She's looking around her office, pondering a lot of stuff. You know, she measures up to these presidents, if she can let her family break up, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it, the next day of the press conference, just before Larry can come out to the press, Ellen takes the mic and outs herself instead. And uh, let's just keep on this train. The, the news reacts, and Will apparently gets a Presidential Medal of Freedom, 
And then Roland tells him how he really feels about him after some uh, sober thought over the last five months. Yeah. Uh, what do you think she was thinking of? Because I, I thought like, you know, she sees like uh, George Washington, the uh, first president. He didn't even I don't think was a represented by a party. He was yeah. just the fucking president of the United States. You see Lincoln, who is uh, for what, you know, whatever it's worth. He's he's a Republican mm-hmm. that every almost everyone in the country uh, to this day says is one of the very best presidents of our time. Both those men famous for their personal integrity and their sure. refusal to tell politically expedient lies, although I, that's probably not true for either of those gentlemen. <laughs> Certainly from what I've seen yeah, of yeah. you know, Lincoln and what I know that they, they're, they're not above, uh, you know, d- twisting arms and doing stuff to get things done politically. Sure. But then in the middle of them all is Nixon. Right. Right. Who, which uh, is different in the show than it. He is in our timeline, but, but not at least publicly, uh, com- but not right. Totally, right. 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 But but also, you know, even in this timeline is kind of think known for more of his dirty tricks and his mendacity and and yeah. uh, like like I, I yeah, it's slightly different. I, but I think the, the sentiment is the same. And I think that's like the and then she so that's her like, you know, the weight of the office weighing on her. Like, how is history going to judge her? And then they, uh, they go to the personal where she looks and it's like, you know, what kind of example do I want to set for my family? Do I want to sacrifice my yeah. husband again, Larry's her sham husband, but they've been doing this for so long that there's there's more there's more real about their relationship than than a lot of people's like they've got a lot of love right. for each other. They've always had each other's backs. They know each other's deepest, darkest secrets. They've supported mm-hmm. each other thick and thin. They have a child. Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of love there. Is she going to throw him under the bus to preserve right. her political legacy? And this um, is you can extend this not to just her family, but to all the families out there, right, who are living under these conditions uh, all, all the families who have to hide their true identities because they're gay um and living a life that yeah they they don't want to be living um yeah no she she i don't know how this is going to play out but i feel like this is the right call personally yeah no i agree i thought that was good and i thought the way she like you know they spent a good minute of her just kind of in the oval office struggling with this and yeah. you know her considering and her pondering like it, it felt like momentous in, in 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 a real way all by herself there's no larry there there's no ad- advisors it's just her wrestling with how she wants to view and then they pivot to larry calling his press conference and god i thought this was a bit much like Larry's going out there f- full flop sweating. He's like the kid that goes to the top of the uh, high dive tower at the town pool and is stuck up there. And everybody's like, just fucking jump or get that. And he's like, uh, uh, and she like, that's going on for an awkward amount of time. And then she comes and, and saves him and gives this speech where, yeah. She kind of starts off political and, and like how like all of her accomplishments. But then she talks about her failures and how she's failed to, you know, she's failed to live up to her own standards. She's she's lied to the American people. She's failed to protect some of its most vulnerable uh, population. I, I thought once I, like I said, once she took the podium, I thought it got it got really good and going around to like, uh, you know, Pam's perspective and Margot's perspective. Mm. They even get Dick Gephardt in there and him like, oh, God damn it. I've been foiled. Although has he? Uh. Well, I got to say, like, I do wish we could a B test of what would happen if Clinton had just come out and it just been like, yeah, I did. 
uh i did take advantage of this young woman i did you know betray uh at least my marriage oath and and that's been a problem because i i would like because like i do feel like the Amer- i don't know americans i don't know if it's different now but like we used to have a hard time hating people that just were like honestly human you know yeah, yeah. and it sincerely asked for forgiveness and um you know wanted to kind of like move like, like we still like oh my god people get so many chances in this country um, even if you don't do the right thing, if you just kind of like lay low for a while and then do something that makes people smile, the, you can get back in everybody's good graces. And, you right. know, depending on how typically it's, it's American you, you, you yeah. look and, and all that, it's easier or harder. But I I won't think it would be crazy if this blows over because she did do the right thing. Although I also won't think it crazy if this ends her political career either. Right, right. I, I find it hard to imagine she'll get reelected. I think this might be yeah. the end of her presidency in two years, but I, but not Maybe. right now. I, I don't yeah. think like there's there's impeachment on the table. Um, no, I, he I can't because that honesty takes it off the table. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, is they could still, if they want to be bloody minded, they could definitely um, they indict Larry. Larry. Yeah, they can get totally. Larry for perjury. Um, I don't think that because she didn't obst- try to obstruct shit as soon as like from nope. their perspective, as soon as they brought it to her attention, she came clean about. Yeah. So like politically, I, I don't know what what uh, Gephardt does, um, especially since he's a Democrat. And I don't know. I don't think they've done a very good job of showing that the Democrats have completely switched polls. They've uh-huh. they definitely shown that the Democrats are leading a Fox News outfit and they are kind of like the gad. They've taken the gadfly public position. But like. In the 90s, it was always the liberal wing of the Democratic Party that was carrying the torch for gay rights more than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's entirely possible. But she's a Republican, so yeah. yeah like, yeah. how does Dick? How does Dick Kephart push this this home when, like, the scandal is well, the president's secret gay? You know, I, does that put I, I him? I think it's really possible. Um, yeah, that's yeah, what I was I thinking think too. This does take his. It takes the the danger away from losing NASA to Congress, right? And control that budget to Congress, at least for the next two years. But yeah, Larry is still on the chopping block. I don't, I don't think there's any way. Wouldn't it be why? Because the perjury thing, it might be that they're going towards something that this is all meaning moot point anyway, because if Margot goes down as arch Soviet spy, this bill goes through in a heartbeat. Like yeah. we gave this woman all this power, all this authority, God all damn. this budget, and she betrayed us. Like, and Ellen as we falls on the biggest, right? yeah. It's and it's going. Yeah. It, I think yeah. that That's is an, an argument that make. will work. So he is temporarily stymied, but unless this just never comes out about Margot, I can't. Like, if Dick Gephardt can't like fucking make hay out of this, then I, I don't know. Yeah, and if the FBI can't connect the dots when Aleda herself. Right. Has connected them in a garage with yarn. I, I Even if she refuses to, to cooperate, yeah. that, there's there's no fucking way. Yeah, they'll they'll get other very smart people at NASA to cooperate and tell them what all this shit means. Um, yeah, they, they have their methods certainly. Yeah, so you're right. It, it only postpones the problem. Um, maybe it postpones it two years. Maybe it is. Maybe it is not. You know, uh, a deal for Ellen's presidency to deal with at this at this point because like. Those investigations take a while, you know, FBI takes their sweet time um, coming to their conclusions, probably for good reason. Yeah. So especially stuff that has a potential political impact or involves like high ranking. Yeah, that's they have to be circumspect. You don't want to get that wrong. You don't want to rush to. Yeah. Judgment for sure. 
yeah, maybe it's not something we'll deal with the direct fallout this season of. Uh, all right, Ed finds Kelly passed out on the floor. It, it's kind of like during the scene. Oh, we didn't talk about the the stuff with Will and Roland. I, I said it's the highlight of the episode for me. It absolutely was. Uh, when he says you're a brave man and I'm honored to be your friend, I got choked up in this moment halfway or mm-hmm. par- partially because of Will's reaction, like mostly because mm-hmm. of Will's reaction. He's so good in this scene. Um, and yeah, I, I just really love that moment. And I was it, thinking, it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it just shows like this camaraderie that they built over the last five months, you know, and, and, and Roland's had another five months to live side by side with Will and see that he's not getting fucking AIDS from breathing the same yeah. air as this man. Right. And so like, yeah, he starts to soften on it. And I, I think like there was an apology that needed to happen. And this is the best kind of apology. And I think it's also realistic that like, I think it's, it's no, it's, it's no strange thing that like the civil rights uh, were largely kicked off there, like in the immediate aftermath of world war two and the Korean war and continued through the Vietnam war, because it's just very hard to hate a person that you're side by side in a foxhole with. Yeah. You know, for you sure. can come from the shittiest part of the country and you just hate f- black folk. But then, you know, you, 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 go into battle and you save each other a couple of times. You got to grudgingly admit that ah, they're, they're kind of all right. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, yeah, these months of like loss and grief and deprivation and, 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 you know, daily heroics just to stay alive. Uh, e- even if Roland was a particularly bloody minded person to begin with, which I, I never painted him out to be that way. Mm-hmm. It would be very hard for him to, like come through this and and still hate will but i still love like i mean for, and from will's perspective i was thinking when i rewatched this you know um this is a guy who's just a month away from pr- hopefully blasting off this planet and going back and being court-martialed and stripped of all of his military honors and probably be drummed out of nasa and you would yeah. never know it he's bopping with everybody he's singing you know to the how bizarre uh but then like the sudden reversal you, you got to think that he's had to have like mentally toughened himself up to that and now like on the eve of their departure, he finds out that not only is that not going to happen, he's going to get the progress, the the presidential medal of freedom for it. Yeah. Uh, as a patriot, yeah, I can't even imagine as a patriotic like astronaut, like what that reversal would mean. And that the thing is, like the way he portrayed just being overcome by everything, uh, and the whole base coming together for it, I thought was great. Uh huh. That's excellent. Uh, when <laughs> another. Uh, astronaut whose name I don't know uh, says alright time to drink <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. yeah great that's awesome alright and the final scene is Ed finding Kelly passed out on the floor and he calls the doctor in um, and Happy Valley calls Danielle and the rover to tell them to get back with the rendezvous hardware ASAP because Kelly's in trouble and they arrive at the North Korean probe to find a North Korean with a gun waiting for them and pointing it at them Wow. Yeah, no, I when I saw the when when Danielle saw (laughs) Uh the foot, the boot prints, I felt like I was having a stroke. Did you like it felt Uh like my my head almost swam uh, watching this TV show? Yeah, I because because there's one conclusion you can draw from boot prints in this location, and it's that there was a man on the unmanned North Korean probes that they were sending and it was a suicide mission and and all of the the people who had been calling it in the last three weeks were absolutely right 
You know, I was just thinking, I kind of want to go back and do a screen comparison. I'm almost wondering if that boot we saw on Mars at the beginning of last year oh. was actually this guy, this guy's North Korean boot. I wonder if it's because it looks like it's vaguely cosmonautish and that uh, makes sense. Um, oh, those but like, I wonder, bastards. I wonder if there's a distinctive enough where they actually, th- this is something that they kind of hinted at. Uh, Could be. Yeah, it's wild. Kelly, so like uh, they, the, the, this is in the background, but the Russian doctors diagnosed her with preeclampsia, mm-hmm. which is uh, a condition that can afflict, afflict pregnant women past her 20th week of uh, pregnancy. And it's characterized by high blood pressure, retention of protein, uh, decreased liver and uh, kidney function. And and can uh, risk the health of the mother, but also can lead to a preterm delivery. And in fact, the treatment mm. for severe uh, preeclampsia is to induce early labor so you can get that kid out there because um, well, otherwise no the mother will eventually I know there, and and so. uh, yeah I don't know if NASA can cobble one together with uh, you know saran wrap and duct tape but uh, they're going to have a premature birth it seems like and if they don't uh, what as this condition progresses to eclampsia she'll start having seizures and eventually could die herself certainly put the child at risk so this is a this mm-hmm. is a high risk, high risk birth suddenly uh, that they're going to have to deal with on top of everything else. So, my and God, the pressure. T- time is of the essence. And they've just yes. run into a brick wall as far as timing. Like, how are they going to communicate to this scared North Korean with a gun that they are on a desperate mission to get a piece of his ship and bring it back to save the life of one of their pregnant astronauts. There's no right. way to communicate that. Right. And it's such so. a, like on another watch, the, what Ed said about like, you know, kind of like, well, it's better to beg forgiveness and ask permission. Well, now they got a man with a gun uh-huh. that they're going to need to get permission to take a piece of his ship off. <laughs> right. And the other thing is like all this shit, <sighs> So this is why as silly as this is, it all layers on nicely because I couldn't help but think as soon as I saw that guy holding a shaky gun, the last time I saw two people on a cosmological body didn't speaking the language in a panicky, mm-hmm. nervous situation with guns. It was one of the most horrific Spiraled. scenes. Yeah. yeah. So like what happens if Danielle and this uh, Grig- Grigory guy gets sh- just shot to death on, on the Martian surface? Like they're fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean... Which maybe they, they we, we talked we floated this idea. What if no one makes it back from Mars? They just—it's <laughs> possible, yeah. It's it's the it's this fucking solar system's graveyard, man. No, they they. I'm hoping they're like on their radios. I so their suits probably don't have transmitters strong enough to transmit ninety kilometers back to Happy Valley, right? That was probably yeah, the rover. but their 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 rover probably would would do a repeater thing, right? Oh, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the smart thing. So they need to be on the radios right now telling Happy Valley what's happening here. Because if they get shot to death before they can communicate that. And they'll never know. Well, I mean, they're going to have to send another crew out. But I I don't think they have another rover. So maybe they can't. I think they do. Because they they said they're not risking sending both. I think they have more than one. Okay. So they'd have to but, send another mission out here who would get ambushed by the same dude. Again, yeah. And Do they have, I wonder if they have weapons because I, I think that maybe one of the lessons that both sides learned was that you shouldn't take weapons to right? a, uh, a celestial body. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't have gunfights on. They left a white planet in 16s at home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, uh, it's a bad situation. 
and it's a it real is. pressure cooker here with Kelly's life and the baby's life on the line and Ed back there like looking at his watch I'm sure going but when the fuck are they going to get back here and, but the thing the cowboy, is, is right Ed's the fucking cowboy right. that they're worried about I imagine he's going to take some crazy risk here and I don't know if it'll pay off I just don't oh god because I'm trying to I'm trying to play it seems like it'd be a pretty easy thing to talk this guy into helping him because like I don't think he has any plans on getting out of there he has been probably living in just squalid conditions and they have a ticket home sure and but also I still don't understand why oh I wonder if his comms are down and the reason the Korea has not taken credit is because they think he's dead and it would be an embarrassment if they sent somebody there to land first and he died so that would make a lot of sense because like that's the only thing that makes sense because yeah if Korea was able to land that and he survived so he might have been cut off from contact and he's kind of like one of those uh, you know you've heard of those guys that like were fighting in the Uh Philippines like the Japanese guys that had no idea they were living in caves and they had no over the orders and they're so dedicated to the emperor or whatever that they were like holding their post until they were relieved 70s when they're still fighting back thinking and they had the and one of these guys they had to find his old commanding officer who happened to be alive and survived the fucking brutal slaughter of the pacific and got him there to relieve him because that's the only way he would stand down it could be one of those situations uh because there's a lot of similar dynamics in in terms of how the the north korean people see the the ruling class over there uh they they're seen as gods so it could be but then, yeah, you got to be, yeah. I, and you would think if maybe there were it's not radio as, signals coming off of Mars from a North Korean communication. That's the that other thing Helios I thought would that, pick them up, that they would Phoenix have picked would. it, especially from 80 kilometers or 80 miles or kilometers away. That's not. Or the Happy Valley I, would even. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's not like I said, the situation sense. might not be as insane as I think. It's just got to be a one in a million shot that even the North Koreans thought they failed on. But yeah, uh, but also, right. like, I think the history books are going to have to be changed that this motherfucker, whoever he is, is the first man on Mars. Yeah. And North Korea put him there. So, yeah, I don't they think out- NASA is going to hide that. Um, no, I don't. I don't know how you can. It's unless they kill the guy. It's uh, or wow. What a reversal. What a yeah. reversal. God, I got to see the fallout from this man. Next episode. Yeah, I, I'm I'm. Salivating over here, waiting for next episode. It's, I just want to know what happens at this gunpoint scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing is now we're done recording this. We can, we can watch the next one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of the advantages we have. Um, we I get two are ahead going before the feedback episode. That's, that's a little scary. Oh, no. We do have to wait for the ahead. feedback. We got to wait till Wednesday for the feedback episode. Um, mm. Speaking of feedback for all mankind, FAM, FAM at baldmove.com is the uh where you want to send our the feedback into us because i know we'll have at least one more feedback episode um i'm not sure if we'll have another one before the show is over uh well i know you guys will hear one this week but like i'm not sure if we're going to record another one in addition to that or we'll just have a an after the uh season kind of clearinghouse um but we will definitely have another one fam at baldmove.com is how you send in feedback to that and uh, other than that, yeah, we'll we'll see how this North Korean standoff situation comes uh, plays out in the supersized episode next week. Again, it's nearly 90 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, yeah, we'll see you then. Uh, and until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. <laughs>